a landslide victory. Game. Blouses. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. 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 It's uh, it just doesn't matter. I mean, I you know, I mean, everybody's got to have something to talk about. Everybody's got to have something to write about. That's what makes the world go around. That's what makes it fun. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I think it's excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a big hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. And now Brad Sinkiff and John Height with the press box on the roar. Press Box, Brad Sinkoff here with John Hyde, broadcasting live on this Wednesday, the final day of January 2024. I feel like a whole year just about to end. 9.05 a.m., you're listening to The Roar, 105.5.975, theroarfm.com, as we broadcast live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Clemson holds on over birds with teeth last night, South Carolina. Gets a monumental win on the road. Huge upset down in Atlanta. Ton of NFL news. Concernometer day. We have a little show. Not to mention scandal bingo coming up shortly. Stay tuned for that. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing well, Brad. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Uh, got a chance to watch a little basketball last night. Did you watch a lot of basketball last night? Did you like what you saw from basketball last night? I did, yes. Um, obviously, very much enjoyed Clemson's victory over Louisville. Told you that the Gamecocks were going to put up a very good fight up there in Tennessee yesterday. I thought they had a very good chance to win that game. They go up there and get it done. Boy, how badly did oddsmakers miss on that one? Now, if, you know, what was it? What did we say it was? 14 and a half? Yeah, like it was. That? Yeah, that was almost two touchdowns. <laughs> Shane Beamer got a got a got a, a punt return late in the game. <laughs> no, to cover, hey, and cover I'm not going to say anything about Beamer ball, buddy. Okay, all right, you can't. You've been embargoed from conversation. I, I have to ask you a serious question though. After the Gamecocks go up to Tennessee and take down the number five ranked Volunteers, one, I think we all agree now, rank them. But two, are you are the are the tides turning in the bandwagon? As we end your favorite month of the year, the no. last day of January, February starts here very soon. So you're saying I, this is my opportunity to jump off the, the Vols bandwagon? Vols basketball bandwagon, let's be clear. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, the football stuff later. Coming off a 63-59 game in which the team shot horribly, 
Dalton Connect was the only player who did anything offensively. I mean, nobody made a shot for them outside of him. You want me to jump off the bat? No, it's too early. Now, one month from now, will I be on the Tennessee bandwagon? Heck no! I'm not backing Rick Barnes in March, but it's not March. So I'll continue to stay on Tennessee's bandwagon until I'm forced to jump off. Hey, you have a, a nice, comfortable landing spot here. You can jump off easily. But no, you're going to continue to double down. Perfect. I don't know. Do you think I should find a new bandwagon team to jump on for, for February? Well, I think it should be, you know, if you take down the bandwagon team, then that becomes the new bandwagon team. Mm. No, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Although I have tremendous respect for what South Carolina basketball is currently accomplishing with Lamont Paris in his second year and a total remodel of the program overnight. Uh, you see, that it doesn't happen maybe to this degree very often, but John, they hit on every single player that they've taken out of the portal and how they rebuilt this thing and they kept Michi Johnson around and it is paying vast dividends. 63-59, South Carolina now improves on the season to 18-3 and overall and they've had a week of weeks. Remember, they took down Kentucky last week and then won against Missouri at home, took care of business like you're supposed to, and then went on the road to beat Tennessee. It's the single best week they've had since they went to the Final Four. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the best win they've had since the one they got that sent them to the Final Four. Really? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Okay. I, I think this is the best overall win that they've had because – Tennessee's a top-five team, playing really well. South Carolina had not won a road game against a top-five team since 1997. Seven. And they went on the road and did that last night. And the way they did it, defensive pressure all over the court, couple timely threes, uh, and it was... It was it's... It's sustainable basketball is what it is. It wasn't fluke basketball. It wasn't just luck. You don't luck in to 18 wins by January 31st. Am I wrong? No, you're not. So I think that this is this is the best run South Carolina has had since they went to the Final Four uh, under Frank Martin. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this I don't I don't even know how to describe this turnaround because there there's nothing to really compare it to, at least from like what they were to what they are. You know, you might you might have a might have a, a, an increase in one year. You might be really really horrible, have a little bit of an increase, and the next year takes off. You get lucky, but to go from that bad to this good, because South Carolina basketball is good. Oh yeah, you're eighteen and three. You're definitely very good. They've not had anything. I mean, they, you know, there was a couple years there. Martin probably should have got them into the tournament. You know, they had that one year they were pretty good in the SEC. They finished in the top, what four or five one year, and they they just they sort of kind of got unlucky with the uh, with the way the 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 whole thing fell in terms of of the teams like they were a bubble team and the bubble burst on them basically, kind of like what happened to Clemson last year. Uh, but outside of that, I think I think this is the best run they've been on since seventeen when they went to the Final Four. So, Lamont Paris doing some work down there in Columbia uh, with that basketball team. 
I don't know what it means for him. I mean, obviously expectations are going to go sky high after the season's over, whatever the season becomes, one way or the other. But this group is, I mean, they're a fun basketball team to watch. Just from a basketball standpoint, watching them take down Tennessee was fascinating. Uh, speaking of taking down top top five teams, how shocked are you what happened down in Atlanta last night? Georgia Tech 74, North Carolina 73, number three team in the country falls on the road. Uh, very shocked. You realize Georgia Tech has wins over North Carolina, Duke, and Clemson. <laughs> Which, I mean, they're the top three teams in the ACC if you go by just strictly the net rankings. Those are the three top teams in the league. And they've knocked off all three of them in Damon Stoudemire's first year down there. Insane. They can pull that off. And it didn't even get them into a winning record. That's what's crazy. Uh, Georgia Tech, 10-11 and 11 overall. They're so young. But, boy, a guy like Sturdivant gets hot, and he hit a clutch, clutch three. Uh, banked one in last night uh, to, to help fuel them. And then R.J. Davis, did you see the last play? Um, no, I did not. R.J. Davis went to the rack down one and trying to get to the basket or get a foul. Huh. And the ref swallowed the whistle. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's probably a lot easier for the ref to swallow that whistle with the game being played in Atlanta. I'd have to think if that game was being played in Chapel Hill, <laughs> as we saw last Saturday, if you're in the research triangle in the state of North Carolina... When the play call is go get in the paint and get the foul called, that's the play. It was really similar to another play that happened just over the weekend. It's just interesting. You change the, you know, you move a couple states south. All of a sudden, I do think, and people may disagree with me on this, but I, I do think it's justifiable a non-call there because Davis initiated the contact and the defender was moving his feet. It was like he was just standing there and was ready to hack. He was trying to play defense, and Davis initiated some contact, and then threw up a threw up a shot, and ended up on his butt, and there was no call. Now the the only thing is the defender's hands were not up high. You know how you're supposed to hold your hands up high, yeah, and just sort of move your feet and not you know push your body forward so you don't. Yeah, Shefflin got called foul. for that multiple times last Saturday. Yeah, uh, the defender's hand was kind of low and made a little contact with Davis's arm, but it's still Davis sort of kind of ran was trying to kind of run. He was trying to get the contact. He was trying to get the call because he knew he was going to make the free throws. He wasn't sure he was going to get the the lob shot over the big fella who was trying to defend him. Uh, I think, though, it was justifiable swallowing of the whistle. Just like I think it could have been justifiable to swallow the whistle uh, in, in I, another ACC it's game. It's just and we just to need to, today. you know, we're nothing if we're not consistent in pointing out officiating in late-game situations. Well, that that's not consistent. One one crew called that foul, and another didn't. Huh? Interesting. It is interesting. Find it very interesting. I'm just pointing out things I see, John. You can lead to whatever conclusion you so choose. Hey, look at that black helicopter out there in the parking lot. I like that. Clemson seventy, Louisville sixty four last night. The Tigers. Sort of kind of, you know, figure some things out after that, that difficult emotional loss uh, to Duke on Saturday. They come back and get a win last night. One, they actually led by 24 points 
in the second half. And Louisville stormed back in the game, got hot, uh, did it without making three-pointers too, which is interesting, but got hot. And honestly, when they did hit that, they what, they hit two threes the whole game? They were two for 20. When they did hit that one three there in the corner with like 25 seconds left, I said, oh boy, this feels just like Georgia Tech. Clemson's got to figure out a way to manage this. They did this time. They managed it, and they they pulled out a six-point victory Tuesday night at Little John. P.J. Hall goes off for 25 points and five rebounds. Uh, Took a lot of threes, didn't make any of them, but then, you know, he didn't even have that many points until the really there was a stretch in the second half. He kind of took over the game and started dominating a little bit. His 30th straight double-digit scoring game, John, and his 25th 20-point outing of his career. So some some big marks there for uh, P.J. Hall. 30th straight double-digit scoring game. That's that's not as easy as it sounds. No. that When you're the best player on a team, that's what it looks like. Good game from Chase Hunter. Very efficient. 5 of 8 from uh, shooting and from the field. And he hit a couple of threes in this game and also made seven of his eight free throws to... Uh, reach a thousand points in his career, the 46th Clemson player to do so. Joe Girard had 13 points, uh, but the shooting wasn't really there. What did he hit? Three shots? He was three from 12 from the field and yeah. two for seven from three, but hit all five free throws. Not great, but Tigers need. There's only three guys in double digits, right? That is correct, yeah. The next closest was uh, Chauncey Wiggins with seven. Hmm. Hate to see. Uh, Chauncey's kind of lost some confidence, I think, in his shot a little bit. Too. What was he, two of two of seven last night, I think? Uh, two of six. Two of six. Uh, maybe maybe there's... That's seven rebounds, though. Oh, he, he still played well. Uh, and, and Shefflin only got, what, one one opportunity? He only, only took one shot last yeah. night and made it. That's efficient. 100% <laughs> shooting on, on the day. Uh, but he did. He hit the boards and helped out. I tell you, rebounding was... This was a really bizarre game because... Louisville took 64 shots. And so the the ball's coming off the rim a lot, John. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they got a they stayed in the game. The reason they only lost by 6 is because of the offensive boards. The second chance. They scored 17 second chance points. And what they had 21 offensive rebounds? I mean, it's insane. 21 offensive rebounds, you're right. And Trey White has 29 points and 14 rebounds. He was really good. He's the only guy that scored for them last night. Nobody else could hit the broad side of a barn unless they were at the free throw line. But nobody hit the broad side of a barn. And he he just took over. He had a sensational performance. I don't know how to categorize this game. We'll try to do that on the other side. It was a really weird one. 654-7627-654. Roar, you want to get with us here on the press box today. Concerno meter day. We get to a lot of different things, a lot of different topics. On that one, stay tuned. More to come on the roar after this. Hey, it's Toby from Wendy's. Picture a Baconator. The six strips of Applewood smoked bacon, the hot and juicy beef, the pretzel bun. Wait, pretzel bun? A pretzel Baconator. And it's only here for a limited time? And right now you can get $3 off mobile orders of $15 or more with the offer in the Wendy's app? This changes everything. 
Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new Pretzel Baconator. Limited time only. A participating U.S. Wendy's. $15 minimum required before taxes and fees. Account registration required. So you're looking for financing on your next vehicle. AutoWorks in Greer has you covered with easy in-house financing and super fast approvals. Low down payments make life simple. And there's no need to drive all the way to the dealership. We can give you an answer in as little as 10 minutes. Just fill out our fast app online at autoworksc.com. With almost 80 vehicles to choose from, including trucks and three-row SUVs, finding your vehicle just got easier. Kick off 2024 in style by visiting AutoWorksSC.com. That's AutoWorksSC.com. Estes Heating and Air, the elite tile dealer of the upstate, is here to give you peace of mind with an exclusive offer. If cold air is blowing from your unit and your heat is on, it's time for a routine checkup. A priority customer membership with Estes Heating and Air includes two full routine services to make sure your unit is running efficiently all year long. New members enjoy $25 off the one-time membership fee. Estes Heating and Air, the elite tile dealer of the upstate. 864-718-7200. Hurry into Bojangles for two scratch-made sizzling sausage biscuits for just $4. Because this two-for-four deal won't last forever. It's bow time. Tiger Express Wash is giving back to their loyal customers with a New Year clean car special. Purchase one Simon Ceramic Car Wash and get the second half price. Purchase a 12-month anywhere unlimited fast pass to use in Clemson, Pendleton, or Easley and receive an extra month free. Stop by Tiger Express today. Buy one, get one half off on Simon's Ceramic Car Wash and 13 months of anywhere unlimited fast pass for the price of 12. Tiger Express Wash, giving back with more locations, same quality care. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Do you want more control over your business spending? Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management platform designed to save you time and money. Ramp offers unlimited corporate cards with spend controls you can customize to stop wasteful spending before it happens. Ramp makes expense reports a breeze by automatically collecting receipts and matching them to the right transaction. You'll close your books in hours instead of days. Ramp allows you to see all of your company spend in one place, so you can make quick, informed decisions about your business finances. Plus, Ramp will share insights based on your spending to help you cut costs. Over 15,000 businesses have added up to 5% to their bottom line with Ramp. You can be one of them. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Breathe easier in your home in 2024 with Zero Res Air Duct Cleaning. It's the only company I trust to clean my air ducts insanely clean. Right now, when you mention me, Mickey, and The Roar, you'll get $50 off your next air duct cleaning. Use promo code AIR50 when scheduling online at ZeroResGreenville.com. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund is belong to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Save up to 80% when you file with TaxLayer. Start for free. Powered by UpCountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, UpCountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Every shot, every block, every game. We're your home for Clemson basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the roar. 
where every day is game day. Everyone independent living in Clemson for adults 55 and up. You get the most out of life. Live in luxury, thoughtful design, beautiful aesthetics, premium amenities, and the best part of all at Everlon. No upkeep. A lot of their residents in their 70s, upper 70s, early 80s, still want to get the most out of life, still want to enjoy independent living and do things how they want to do them. And it's not assisted living. It's independent. You have your own apartment. Uh, they have studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and you just decide what you want to do each and every day. It's a great place to be, great people, uh, and they take care of all the housekeeping, the concierge services. They got chef-prepared meals a couple times a day, and there's always activities and things to do. They even have their own salon there, um, fitness center. They got everything. It's a one-stop shop, all-inclusive pricing, and it's right in the heart of Patrick Square Town Center there in Clemson. So, Go to their website, everlonliving.com. That's everlonliving.com and find out more information. You can set up a free tour of the facility, and you can find out a lot more about their pricing and all the great things they have to offer. And I really, it's, it's the people that make it. It's, it's the residents and it's the people who work there. Uh, always a smiling face, and it's just a great place to be. Go over there and check them out at everlonliving.com. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us. Uh, there's some things developing we're going to get to soon, John. I'm kind of waiting to see how these things develop before we dive into them. There's a story that's come out, but I want to wait to get a little more info on it. Is that cool with you? Totally fine with me. Involving the NCAA. Oh, yeah. We need more information. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll hold off on that just for a few moments. All right. Um, Clemson basketball again last night with a victory over Louisville. Uh, 70 to 64. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't glorious. It was a weird game. There was, you know, Clemson started to struggle a little bit down the stretch of a game once again. Didn't blow a 24 point lead, but let a 24 point, 24 point lead get uncomfortable. They cut it to, a, was it three? With about 24 seconds left? Three or four, something like that. And they were able to find a way to, you know, hit some free throws and, and hold on uh, from there. Uh, and they didn't really, a little bit didn't even really get get much of a last shot off there near the end, but it was, I mean, time was running out on them anyway. Uh, and Chad the Mailman pointed out it wasn't a lot of offensive, re- it wasn't a lot of offensive rebounds off the rim. It was more off the backboard. <laughs> Louisville had some ugly shooting in this game. It was, it was not the easiest game to watch, John. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know how you felt about it, but for the eyeballs, it, it, it didn't. There, there, were, well. there were some moments. Some moments. There were some moments. Okay, you're going to go with just some moments. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Clemson shot 43% from the field, 50% in the first half. Remember when I told you yesterday, and I turned out to be right about this, that the first half was critical for the Tigers because I said Louisville was a second-half team. They had a 10-point disparity, John. They averaged 30 points a game in the first half scoring and 40 points a game in the second half scoring. You know how many they scored in the second half last night? How many? 42. So they even went a little bit above their average. So I, I said that yesterday. Clemson need to take care of business in the first half. And they did. They were up 12. Now that came down to, what, five or six. And then Clemson went on a, went on a huge run to push it up to 24. Uh, P.J. started making some shots. A couple threes fell. Hunter hit a couple, and they were they're starting to roll a little bit. And then the Louisville offense 
did what they've been doing all season long. The numbers told you that, that they were going to start scoring the ball in the in the second half. Sure. And there was like, what, a eight, nine-minute stretch there where Louisville started making seemingly about everything they shot. Uh, they Funny enough, they were 14-31 to 31 in the second half, 45%. They probably missed five of their first six shots in the second half. That's why they got down so big. And then everything fell when Trey White just was like, I'm just going to go to the basket every single play and you're not going to stop me kind of thing. But Clemson had it. That first half lead was critical. That first half, getting out to that that start was just very, very, very important uh, to go up by 12 going into the locker room. You know, they had that, was it Chase Hunter? I believe he got fouled late there at the very end of the first half and he sunk those two free throws. And I was like, okay, there's some momentum now for the Tigers. Uh, but they found a way to hold off a late rally from Louisville. A- any takeaways here that, you know, just any any big broad takeaways from this game? Uh, the Tigers continue to struggle with three-point shooting. Yeah, they really are. 5 of 21 in this game. They're lucky the other team only made two. Really lucky about that. And the other team... Um, I mean, both teams, I mean, it was pretty even on free throw shooting in terms of how many times they went to the line. 23 shots from the stripe for Louisville and 25 from Clemson. Louisville made 18. Clemson made 21. That's a difference. That that keeps you from, that keeps you from having to sweat a last second shot is what that does. That's what Absolutely. that means. Uh, so that was that was good. I, something else, I, I, I don't know if Brownell addressed this in the postgame. I apologize if he did, but I was a little surprised by some of the rotations in the minutes that occurred. Uh, R.J. Godfrey played played less than five minutes. He made that one vintage Godfrey kind of shot, and he never really got the ball again and never really played. Do you know anything? Do you know any reason why? Uh, no, I do not. Jack Clark logged eight minutes in this game. I don't. I mean, Godfrey didn't even have. I mean, Godfrey did have three fouls, so maybe well, maybe there was pressure with him on on the on the other end. Could be the fouls. I mean, could just be you just kind of need your your starters and your leaders just to go get it done for you. Because of the way Louisville kind of came back in that second half, it's kind of hard to really play a ton of the bench. Well, I'm I, I'm assuming too that yeah, with twenty twenty four point lead, there was probably a stretch of the coaches are going. You know what? We we get this thing still twenty with around six minutes. Then then we'll really start subbing some guys out and give some guys break. And that that didn't happen because Louisville came. Roaring back a little bit there. Um, Beetle played 13 minutes, and I, I thought he was good defensively for a lot of the game. He only took one shot. Jack Clark took two. Not just really nothing from the bench in this game. Well, I mean, you also go look at the the amount of shots that PJ Hall and Joe Girard put up. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that was kind of the game plan was for it to go through them. Was it the game plan or the game flow? I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm just little column A, little column B. Just kind of surprised you didn't see some some more minutes by by some of those guys uh, off off the bench, uh, especially with Godfrey and and Clark. But uh, you know Wiggins played thirty three minutes. That, that's a lot. You know he didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Uh, w- another big takeaway: Are you? And we're not doing concerno meter yet. But and I don't. I mean, this isn't really a concern. It's just been kind of a trend. The shooting of Joe Girard, as you brought up earlier, just still not quite finding it. And he took some threes that, you know, look. some of his three points are becoming more and more forced looking because they're not going in, 
right? I mean, some of the, he's taking some of the same threes he took earlier in the year when they were falling. Yeah. The confidence was high. Now the confidence isn't that high in the ball. But, he, I mean, this is a natural shooter. This has been one of the better shooters in college basketball for multiple years. Correct. Is this just a slump? Like, what is it? You got I, think any it theories? I, I think it is. Yeah, I, I think it's something that I think he will. I think you have one night where all of a sudden it just starts clicking again, and he could go on a tear. But unfortunately, right now, that just isn't the case. And, and you're able to, you know, last night it, you were able to overcome it. PJ quit taking threes and started going inside. <laughs> that also helps. <laughs> I mean, Hall did not make. I mean, he was over. He was over six. Yeah, run. took twenty shots. And I, I think he took five of those by early second half. He had already taken five threes. And then and they weren't bad. Were, folks, they were not bad shots. Like three, at least three or four of them, I remember, were wide tail open. He just missed them, just was not in the shooting flow for whatever it was. I'm not, I'm not banging on Hall for taking the threes whatsoever. No. He should have taken those threes. They were there for With him. his skill set and the looks that he got, Absolutely. Louisville, Louisville kind of said, we're going to let you have that until you make one. Now, had he made one, they'd probably adjust, which would open things up for N. Shefflin probably and maybe allowed him to get some baskets. But they eventually, Clemson just had to say, hey, just get, just stick P.J. on the block, get him the ball, and get out of here with a win. And they did. Clemson did not lose the game, and I don't in any way want to frame it that way. Clemson won the game, had a 24-point lead. It got closer than than you wanted it to get. But the Tigers still took care of business and bounced back from the Duke loss. Uh, I guess a team that they just simply, you can't lose to. Just, it's not not fathomable right now. Uh, you want to hear You want to hear something? You want to hear the most sh- non-shocking thing ever, John? Sure. Clemson slipped six spots in the net rankings. What are we doing with this thing? Does it make any sense at all? So you climb after losing to Duke, but yeah. you beat Louisville, and then that's what happens? Yeah. Cool, cool, got it. I'm just as confused today as I was yesterday about the net rankings. You're not supposed to understand it, John. You're just supposed to roll with it. Yeah, they were 28th, and they fell to 34th, and that was with South Carolina getting a quad one win over Tennessee last night to help bolster Clemson's resume uh, a night after Duke went on the road and won at Virginia Tech. A team that they lost to. Clemson did better when Duke, when a team they lost to did well, Clemson did better in the net than a team that Clemson beat did well. You understand that? The team no! That, the team Clemson lost to on Saturday helped them move up more than the team that or help them in the net rankings more than the team that they beat beating a top five team. <laughs> I don't know. It it doesn't make any sense to me either. Uh but that's just I'm just glad we're all equally frustrated and confused. Yeah, I I'm not even frustrated anymore. I'm just I'm just perplexed by it. I guess I just have the same constant state of frustration with the net rankings. Yeah. I'm not like extra frustrated today by it. Believe this ended up being a quad four win for Clemson, which it hurts you to beat a quad four team. And, and if you, when you play a quad four team, you need to beat them by twenty plus. That's also weighed into this somehow. 
somewhere in the formula. I don't I don't know either. <laughs> somewhere in there. We don't know where it is, but but you still you win the game. You're punished for winning. Yep. Like, I'm fine because it doesn't move up, and I can understand if they moved back a spot or two because of other teams like getting bigger wins. Right? It, ha- it happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, but how do you justify six spots? Falling six spots to thirty fourth when they were twenty eighth before tip off, <laughs> before last night's games, they were twenty eighth. They win. A team that they beat at home gets a quad one win on the road. Their biggest, I think, in you know, seven years. And you you drop back. But what months. level of quad one win was oh, it? Oh, well, I mean, you really can't do much better than being a top five team. I mean, really, only Georgia Tech has a better quad one win right now. That's fair. They beat North Carolina 74-73 last night. Just to, Thank you for the reminder. We need to keep, you know, just making sure we bring that up. We hadn't heard from Tory Hill Chad yet. Ernie in Greenville's up next. Ernie, how you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, I think you described it well. I, I don't know where I was at the game last night, and I, I absolutely don't know where to start. You know, um, a weird one, man. Just a really bizarre game. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I felt it said basketball back a couple of weeks with both teams' performance. Um, I. Uh, You know, it just was, to me, it struck me as a a glaring difference between, uh, you know, being able to shoot the scoring, shooting and scoring or making a high percentage of shots between the, uh, between college and and the pros. Um, I mean, the number of open threes that uh, Clemson had that didn't go down was just, uh, staggering to me yeah that's um, that, that's probably going to be when when the coaches went back and watched the game last night that's probably the one thing that they just they probably just god you know every, every time it happened god that's such a good look how, did, how does that not go in I, that, that had right. to be the most frustrating i thing. mean yeah yeah and these guys were squared up and there wasn't somebody within you know four feet of them um and in the rhythm of the offense and a lot of these things so that's you know and uh, as much as i like you know, Brownell, and, you know, I think he's a terrific basketball kind. You know, historically, throughout the years, their teams, his teams have not shot well. And, you know, I don't know, you know, where to, what to say about that. But well, it, I mean, it, it's to, kind of true. It's like, well, the, most of this ahead. season, they have shot pretty doggone well. I mean, they've been a top, top 40, top 50 offense. Pretty much all season. Now they were, you know, a top twenty or thirty, and they've come back to more like a top forty, forty-five kind of offense. But still, this has been this has been a good shooting team for most of the season. There's just some blips like this one that you just you just can't explain. And sometimes it is just basketball, right? Sometimes the the shot. Does, I mean, Tennessee right. been been lighting it up. They couldn't get anything to fall last right. night. If, if Dalton Connect didn't go right. in and hit a hit a running, you know, contested. Hard, difficult shot. Tennessee wasn't going to get to forty last night. Right. Well, yeah. Props to uh, the Gamecocks, and I haven't been listening along to along enough to see if you talked about them. But yeah. well, I mean, uh, is that a little bit misleading with the with the Tigers shooting well because a lot of it goes through PJ, you know, and his higher percentage. But I, I do, you know, seeing him, uh, he is a bit unstoppable uh, when he's down on low. Uh, partly, uh, partly because I think you can't really tell where he's going to release a shot from. He does have that, 
ability. Um, I, I wasn't thinking he was he's exactly Kevin McHale, but, uh, you know, I was in Boston at the time, McHale, and he's got some of that McHaleness, which was just a, an incredible low-block player who was just not different body types and everything, but just you, you could not stop him. And, and P.J. definitely has that. It'd be interesting to see him on the NBA level, but uh, you know he's he's terrific. But they, they and and maybe they ran out of gas emotionally, and they became bored with Louisville in the second half. Even though you're right, there that's historic or that's the way they have played this season. But I mean, some of the offense from Louisville in the first half was just some of the worst I'd ever seen. <laughs> Spacing was bad. It really was. Uh, you know, clearly the guy the, the guys can't shoot. Um, there were no set plays. Uh, you know, I know the coach was trying to get them to do something, but it looked like they couldn't be bothered. And then, you know, some. And then this guy kind of took over the second half. I mean, it, it felt like I was watching a bad CBA team uh, at, at, at certain points, but um, they certainly had no answer. The athleticism for that's where the athleticism started to uh, lowness or, or uh, lack of athleticism. I think for the for Clemson at times hurt them. Um, and you know, the, the, the rebounds were off of, off of bad shots. There's no doubt they're, you know, but they're that again, that offensive rebound total is bizarre. Uh, it, it just was a, a, a bit of a bizarre game. And, and it looked like, you know, one, two, it looked like a midweek game where you're, you know, you just are, uh, trying to get through the game and, and win it. Um, and you're not you're not especially keyed up, and you've got a team that it was just hard to watch at times. I, I, was. I was hoping one, one team would break. I was hoping, you know, Clemson would. Then they did have some. They did have a, a spurt of very good basketball where they were, you know, they, and that was the difference in the game. And then they had because I mean Louisville had that that one guy who just was lighting it up. I mean that wasn't much. Yeah, he was terrific, and he hit yeah, everything. We got to run, but, Ernie. We're, we're up against the break. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Appreciate you getting in. More to come on the Roar right for this. Don't go anywhere. Calling all coffee lovers. The Dream Center is excited to announce that they have officially launched a coffee brand. They are currently offering three different flavors, Colombian, Donut Shop, and French Vanilla. The Dream Center receives $5 from each bag of coffee sold, and trust me, they're all delicious and a great way to start your morning. Purchase yours today. It'll make a difference. Buy online at dreamcenterpc.org or in person at their easily resale store on Calhoun Memorial Highway. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment is your premier independent local construction equipment rental and sales source. With three locations in the upstate and one in North Georgia, our Takeuchi lineup of track loaders, excavators, and wheel loaders, and full line of attachments are ready to make your jobs easy. So don't settle for less. Choose the best with Bennett and Takeuchi. Proudly supplying equipment in our region for 24 years. When you need equipment in the upstate or North Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. When you're looking for the beautiful gift she deserves, do what I do. 
Shop at Turner's Jewelers. They have an amazing selection of silver, gold, precious gems, and diamonds. And Turner's can create a custom piece she'll absolutely treasure. Whatever the occasion, trust a tradition of family excellence for more than 60 years. Shop now at turnersjewelers.com or visit them today in the Applewood Shopping Center next to Belk and Seneca. Southern hospitality meets diamond know-how at Turner's Jewelers. Boneyard Cycles offers wholesale pricing on Harleys, Customs, Metric Cruisers, and off-road vehicles. Buy local from a local with the best prices, quality parts, service, and shop a selection that rivals the big city shops. Paul and his crew are here to answer your questions about parts, service, buying, or trading. Whether it's your first motorcycle experience or your 10th, a daily driver or weekend cruiser, visit online at BoneyardCyclesOnline.net or shop Boneyard Cycles in person at 507 Pyramidary Road in Anderson. The cold weather is here, and Harrison's is the place to load up on layers. From lightweight, long-sleeve t-shirts to heavy-duty, Sherpa-line coats, and everything in between. Harrison's is the home of work, western, and wow! But nobody does work like we do. FR, high-vis, work boots, and safety shoes of all types, plus a huge selection of workwear for men and women. Harrison's has what you need to work safe and work warm all winter long. Come see us in Spartanburg and Malden, or get free shipping from harrisonsusa.com. Okay, three more climbers, seven loggers. Plus. Ted's sustainably sourced logging company is growing a new branch. What about truck driver contracts? Which means a new HR manager will be the first hire to fall. Uh, then we'll need to staff up the warehouse. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Clemson fans, want to join a team that's making a difference in people's lives? Arthrex is hiring. They develop innovative technologies that help treat orthopedic sports injuries around the world and in your community. Arthrex is proud to grow and invest in Anderson County with the expansion of their state-of-the-art manufacturing campus. Join a company that provides exciting career opportunities, job security, and unique benefits. Visit careers.arthrex.com. That's careers.arthrex.com. No manufacturing experience required. So, what team will Bandwagon Brad pick this week? The nation's top bandwagon fans will be making their decision on what team to follow. What team will John scoff at? Did you just say scoff? Yes, I was scoffing. That's how you scoff. No, it's not. Tune in each weekday morning from 9 till noon on the Press Box, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. We have a breaking story of magnitude involving the NCAA and the states of Tennessee and Virginia. We're still gathering more information on this, but the attorney generals in those two states have filed, key word here, John, a federal lawsuit against the NCAA and essentially accuses the NCAA's name, image, and likeness rules violating antitrust laws. This is big. There it is. This is what the NCAA has feared probably more than anything else since NIL became a thing, since California challenged them and 
the world got turned on its head in the name, image, and likeness space, this is probably the biggest thing that could have happened. Because now, now I mean, there's a good side of this that there could be some actual real decisions and, and regulation of or some sort of governing or or at least some precedents that can be some legal precedents that can be it's going to be the wild wild west even more so probably but the biggest thing that is being alleged here and i will i will i'll make this point and then we'll go to the phone lines and then we'll continue to gather more information on this but the biggest point that i think this lawsuit is making is that schools are violating antitrust laws by preventing collectives negotiating with student athletes before they arrive. Remember, the rule has been you have to be a student athlete. You have to be on campus, enrolled, before you can sign an NIL deal. And they're saying that that breaks antitrust laws. That's what the state's attorney generals are saying. Oh, boy. Yeah, the exact quote. They take particular issue with the fact that prospective student athletes are prevented from negotiating with collectives, unable to review NIL offers prior to making enrollment decisions, and cannot adequately consider the full scope of NIL-related services a school might offer after enrollment. So they're battling what Tennessee just got knocked for by the NCAA and the story that came out yesterday that we haven't even really gotten to yet. This is even bigger than that because this is being challenged now in a federal court. Can you wrap your mind around all that, John? Struggling to. Okay. I mean, the idea... This is going to be so messy. The idea of not being able to use NIL as a recruiting inducement, which is the only thing the NCAA really put into place and looks like they're trying to enforce with what they're doing in Tennessee. Sure. With Nico, the quarterback. That one thing is is looks like that's what's being the most challenged here. The one rule we have. That Tennessee could not have been more brash and brazen and violating. Well, yeah, I, I guess it depends I, on I mean, your view. come on. They, on were, shouting, they were shouting from the mountaintops how much money ah. they spent on Nico. Brad, I, I remember a couple summers ago when the recruitment happened. We couldn't do a show that summer without talking about it. At that time, the rules were a little bit different than they are now. But essentially what Tennessee did was say probably breaking a rule but we know we can get away with it well we'll deal with that that's a future tennessee problem we'll deal with that down the road and then now they're having to deal with it do you see and so in response they get their attorney general yes. to sue the ncaa at a federal level instead of you know dealing with their own issues and problems do you see how easily that lawsuit just got filed 24 out less than 24 yep. hours from the previous news cycle of when the ncaa sanctions story came out this is all planned. Every single bit of this has been predetermined, and they've been working on this for probably months. Do you think two attorney generals from two different states just get together at 5 o'clock on Tuesday evening and draft a lawsuit before 10 a.m. the next day? That they're going to file in federal court the next morning? No. The NCAA in Tennessee have probably been at odds over this for months. Well, the NCAA and Tennessee have been at odds for well, years. Yeah, yeah, they're 
They're already, they're already they are, paying they are repeat prices. offenders. Yeah, that's the problem. They're on probation, and they got popped again. Oh, now they're going to be on double super secret probation. <laughs> uh, they're going to be off scot-free, probably, depending on what the federal court decides and determines. Let's go to the phone line, 654-ROAR. We'll continue to monitor this developing story. Tar Hill Chad, you're up first. How you doing today, sir? Hey, good morning. I want to talk a little basketball, but on this this uh, little situation you're talking about, um, I was reading something about it yesterday, last night, about potentially this happening. But one thing that I found interesting, two things. One was the states that are now providing or allowing NIL for high school, which North Carolina is one. I think there's 21 or 22 states that allow that. Yeah. Virtually impossible in those states to tell them that they can't negotiate that at the collegiate level. Right. It was an attorney that wrote that, so I found that to be kind of an interesting thing. The second thing is this has to be the end of the NCAA with regards to football and probably college basketball too. In other words, they're just going to do their own thing and be allowed to do whatever they want, basically with no you know loose rules, if you will. That's what Tennessee is saying. That that's, that's exactly what Tennessee is saying. Yeah, well, they are. Yeah, I'm saying that I – if it goes to federal court or whatever, they're going to get where they don't have any rules. I mean, that was, yep. I think that's kind of the goal anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, I, so well, part, part, of the, part of the problems is still that everybody has their own rules. Every state has their own laws governing NIL, like, like you just mentioned with the high school stuff. And so it's not a level playing yeah. field. Had the NCAA created a level playing field from the beginning and everybody agreed to it, then I, I don't know that we – I don't know they'd have a, a lawsuit to, to file. But the NCAA didn't want to do that because it was too much work, essentially. Yeah, good luck winning that in court. Yep, yep. Because you, you can bet your bottom – there's going to be other states that hop on this. You know that's coming, right? Of it's course. not just going to be Virginia and Tennessee, Correct. right? So Correct. the NCAA is going to be in a tough spot. Uh, on the basketball thing last night in Atlanta um, – Terrible offensive display. I mean, we, uh, Ryan and uh, Ingram were six of twenty-eight. Uh, I think we were nine of seventeen from the foul line. Gross. Just a, uh, a terrible offensive performance. So I, I look. Here's the thing. I knew the game. Did you? I saw something crazy. I heard last night after the game. Roy Williams was one and five in Atlanta against Paul Hewitt, and the only game he beat Hewitt was a one-point buzzer beater. Yikes. Um, we have struggled down there. So I haven't said that. We played. It was just a terrible offensive performance. You still had a chance to win. You know, the call at the end is like it's 50-50. You might get it. You might not. I don't know. I mean, it's not. To me, it, it was probably a good no call. I thought it was interesting. It was Teddy Valentine, who's had lots of history here recently with UNC. Um, so that was interesting at the beginning. Of the but that's not why you lost. You lost because it's a terrible offensive performance last night. Other than Davis, everybody pretty much sucked. Um, so I guess you just regroup this basketball. You're nine and one at the halfway mark, um, and you got you know Duke Saturday night to you know to kind of get well. So kind of all is well. The last thing I, you were talking about the net, John's favorite topic. I think John's probably gonna. I need to get John some footy net footy pajamas for Christmas time next year. Um, the net, I didn't realize this, and you alluded to it earlier, but I heard Greg Barnes talking about that each game is that you have an identified, you know, like Louisville last night, they, you know, Clemson should have 
to, to move up in the net, you would have had to beat them by 16 points yeah. or more. Yeah. I didn't really do it. The, every game is specific. Did you know that? Yeah, like, they, so they, they instituted that either last year or year before. I want to say it was last year. So if you don't do that, so like last night, Clemson was obviously they won by six. You know, you get – and I, I just figured that out earlier, which to me is obviously there's some math there. So to when you play someone crappy, you need to – beat the brakes off of them basically if not it's gonna you know get you know hurt in the net so anyway clemson got the win uh big one with virginia um i think is that a quad one win this uh, game this weekend i don't think so uh virginia oh wow what is virginia they're not ranked virginia's not ranked very high in the net uh 47th so no it has to be a top is that is it top 20 i can't remember the numbers now yeah, I think yeah. I don't Top think 25. it is. That's a, it's the two, but you still at need home. to beat Virginia at home, though. Yeah, yeah, you got to beat Virginia, though. Um, anyway, all is well. Congrats. Uh, I heard John call me. You know, say something like I wasn't going to call in, so I had to. I uh, would never say that, Chad. In. You did say that, John. <laughs> yes, you did say that. I'll yeah, just have to go back to theroarfm.com and listen to the podcast, uh, and just go back uh, and check it out. Uh, Thank you, Chad. Okay. All right, y'all take care. Have you a good too. one. Bye. Yep. Yeah, I think I think I agree with a lot of his North Carolina discussion. He he's right. I think that was the right no call in that decision. I agree with Chad. He I said that earlier, and he he agrees with that. So um, it was the shooting performance. The shooting it was horrific. Yeah. You know, you're, you shouldn't you shouldn't be relying on RJ to have to go get that bucket for you, regardless. Especially after he just they just gotten a steal to take the lead. On the other mm-hmm. end, he had uh, gotten a steal going down and laid it up on a uh, on a horrific pass. Um, but he is right about that. That threshold of points you need to win by coaches were complaining about that last year, a lot, and you you would go into the game not really even knowing exactly how many points you needed to win by. It was so I do bad. remember Brad Barnell talking about that at a couple of different uh, post game pressers last year. So it's not good enough just to win in this metric. You must win by a certain margin in this metric. Yeah, margin is concluded in the uh, quads. So that's that's not great, uh, John. We're gonna, I, I, I'm asking uh, the two callers on hold to sit tight for the top of the hour. I don't I don't want to shortchange you here because we're gonna we got to take the top of the hour break soon. Is this lawsuit federal lawsuit? I want to emphasize that. Is this the death nail? I don't know if it's the death nail per se. I mean, we're less than an hour after the lawsuit has been filed. But how does the NCAA come back if they lose this? They, oh, they, I have no their, idea their how they respond. Completely taken away. I think this is the beginning of the end, but I don't think that it's going to be one lawsuit that just ends the NCAA and then we are off to football's new chapter. I no, think it's going to require more than, than this one lawsuit being the end of the NCAA. Do I think it may be the beginning of the end? Yes. My point is that I don't think they recover from this one. I think it's that big. It doesn't look like... I mean... Their only the, rule, the, the odds are so stacked against them in court. Essentially, their only rule that they have that they can defend, that they can use to punish, is going to be taken away from them when it comes to NIL. The only one they don't have, because the states decide a lot. Remember, they always say, somebody says, look at your state laws to figure out if you are abiding by you know, NIL policy. This is the only thing they can, they've, they've tried to enforce in any way whatsoever. And it's going to be taken away from them? Because they're not going to win this. There's no way they're going to win this case. I mean, there's, I, I'll be shocked 
I just find, again, I don't know that this is going to, to revamp the whole world overnight. I'm not saying that. I don't think they can recover from this one. And just opens up even more Wild Wild West. 654-ROAR, you want to get in. We will go to the phone lines. I promise you when we return, we can talk some more college basketball. We can talk this NIL. We got to do uh, Scandal Bingo. A lot more to get to here on the Roar after this. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg.